Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's see if I can get this microphone working. Ephesians chapter 4. There is a youth meeting after uh, the service today. They're going to go over what they need to pack and bring with them and uh, along with some other things as well. And I don't know about you, but with our family, when it comes to packing for a trip, we're all over the map. I have um, one child. I won't mention her name. She's the oldest. And um, who loves to bring books. I mean books and a lot of books. And you say, how is that You're good for it? Well, when you go in the van, you can't move anywhere. The books everywhere. I mean, loves, but I'm not complaining, loves books. Uh, another son that would bring one pair of clothes if he could for the four months that we're gone and um, doesn't, doesn't pack much. Uh, I'll bring some sports stuff to play with him and do some. Another son, I won't mention his name, and make sure that he has the video games and the Switch there and all that packed because you can't leave without that stuff. And then another daughter, I won't mention her name, um, Stuffed Animals. I mean, everywhere. There's stuffies everywhere in the car. So I got books. I got stuffies. I got only one pair of underwear from one kid. And I got all the other stuff going on. I mean, it's unbelievable how they pack. And then I'm like, how in the world can they, why do they think like that? And then I remember myself. As I go on a mission trip for nine months, graduated college, went on a mission trip for nine months, and I bring with me, I'm not, I can't even, two pairs of pants. <laughs> two slacks. <laughs> now, wait a minute. This is what's going to blow your mind. At the end of the Peruvian trip, after nine months, one of the guys that we grew a relationship with, and just a neat man of the Lord, we lived together, he would play the flute and all that. He goes, Jeremy, I go, what can I give to you before I leave? He says, Jeremy, give me one of your pants. I said, I only have two. He goes, I want one of them. I want to remember you by your pants. I've, I've never met anyone that asked me for a pair of pants. So here we are. I can't even make this up. 23 years later. I say, how you doing? I said, remember when you asked for my pants? He says, I still have them. I go, no, you don't. Send me a picture. He still has them. <laughs> there are those pants from 23 years ago. Now, whether he wears them or not, I don't know. I don't know anything. I know I can't fit in those things anymore. But I mean, unbelievable. Look at that. 23 years, he still got my pants. So if you ever go to Peru and you want to know where one of my pants are, there they are. And it just, he remembered them. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, we, we joke around, but old habits really die hard. And old habits are like old clothing. We have a hard time just throwing them away or giving them the goodwill. We like to wear the same stuff over and over and over again. And hold on to that nice shirt that no longer fits you. I know, yeah, it never fits some of you. Um, but yet they love it. Old habits die hard. And, and you know why? And I really was thinking about it, And God gave me a wonderful uh, 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 illustration of that this week. Because um, we're comfortable in our old stuff. We, 
we, Katie and I started a diet in May, um, and uh, it's not helping our spirituality. Our we're, we're, our marriage is on the rocks. But pray for us. At least we're losing weight. But we started this diet, and you can't eat after three o'clock. And you, by five o'clock we're grumpy. By eight o'clock you don't even want to be around us. By ten o'clock don't even talk to us. All right, that's how we are. Um, but uh, we started this thing, but Justin came into town, and my friend from Iowa, and I love when we have guests, because you know what? Who cares about diets when you have guests? We're out eating ice cream, and those were the happiest two days of my life, you know? I'm like, this is great. I remember this. I'm like, oh, no, no. I mean, I'm eating like crazy. Katie's like, why? I don't care. And, and you know why? Because it's comfortable. Yeah. It's great to do it. I find comfort in it. I like that stuff. And so old habits, they die hard. Why? Because if we admit them, we like it. Some people say, oh, I don't know why. I just keep gaining weight. I don't know why. You like it. I like it. And so we go back to it because that's where we find our comfort in life. So how do we break it is the question. And I'm glad that the Lord doesn't just say, go on a diet, break it, get right, just do this. No, he allow, He helps us through the scriptures. And he's going to give us some wonderful truths found here in Ephesians that, are, 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 that help us and encourage us when it comes to those old habits in our lives and how we can live like Christ would want us to live. Look at what he starts off by saying here. He's going to say, refrain from living like those without Christ. He gives a tremendous a tremendous uh, description of people who don't know Christ, as we're going to see here in verses 17 to 19. Watch this. He says, So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer. Now, don't, don't miss that. Walk no longer. He's going to say there is going to be a tendency, there is going to be a temptation in our lives to imitate those around us. And you say, how do the Gentiles walk? Well, well, really, we could, we could break it down. Unsaved people live for one or three things. They had to live for love. They had to live for money. Or they live for their health. And all the things are surrounded in their lives for these things. To attain some possessions, to, to get another person in their lives, or, or, or to get more, to get healthier and healthier and healthier. They live for these things. But notice what it says in the passage here. They live in the futility in their minds. Interesting word. It doesn't mean they're stupid, because they're not. They're very sharp. In fact, some unsaved people are very, very sharp. But yet their minds are empty. Their minds are void of the goal. Their minds do not apprehend God's truth. Their minds have no aim of what God wants it. I don't care how sharp someone is. I don't care how great their mind is. Without Christ, it's all in vain. He says, in their futility of their mind, their mind does not accept the life and the revelation of God. And so it's aimlessness. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to pursue. 
They don't know what it means to be a believer. Look at the downward spiral here in verses 17, 18, and 19. Look at this. It says darkness here. There's no spiritual light being darkened in their understanding. The evidence is everywhere. God's evidence is everywhere. People are getting changed everywhere. They can see the wonderful things, but yet they can't see because they're in darkness. They don't see the light. They don't see God's word as a light to their path. Not only that, look what it says here in verse 18. They're excluded. They're deadness. There's no spiritual life. They're excluded from the life of God. Christ is not living in them. They don't have spiritual life. They don't have divine life in them. There's no life of God inside of them. Excluded. You say, why is that? Because of the ignorance of their hearts. The hardness. Look at this. There's ignorance in them because of the hardness of their hearts. Their hearts are like rocks. I told you I've been to Italy before, but I was very disappointed when I got there because one of the first things I wanted to do was eat real Italian bread, real Italian bread. And then I found out Italian bread is hard as a rock. In fact, my stepfather broke a tooth on it. Now I know why they drink wine, because they dip their bread in the wine to soften the bread. Now I know why, how the mafia kills people, with bread. <laughs> Those things are hard as a rock. You ever eat rock bread? You ever try to bite into some of that bread, that stale and rocky bread? That's not fun. And yet it says here their very hearts are hard. They're stubborn. It just bounces off of them. You can talk to them, but it just bounces off of them. It bounces off of them. You say, what kind of a life does that lead to? Look at the downward spiral. They having become what? Callous. You know, this word is only here in the New Testament. It means that they have no feeling, no conviction at all. It does not bother them. I couldn't believe when... The story came out about Christopher Watts and what he did to his family and children up in Denver. How could someone get before the news and plead for his wife and children to come home when he's the one that killed them? And yet, let me tell you how. Because the downward spiral, there's no feeling. There's no spiritual conviction. There's no divine life inside. There's nothing going on. And that leads to reckless behavior. Look at the spiral. Darkness, deadness, hardness, and recklessness. There's no limits. Look at what it says in verse 19. They've given themselves over their, their lives. They've given themselves. In, and if you notice in Romans, it says that God gave them over. But here, they gave themselves over. There's, there's no spiritual light. There's no spiritual life. There's no spiritual conviction. There's no God. It doesn't bother them. So what next? They're going to go and do everything they can to fulfill that God-sized hole in their hearts. Every practice of impurity with greediness. Look at, what, look at what I have here. No spiritual light leads to no spiritual life, which results in no spiritual conviction, leading to a life without limits. Think about that for a moment. And here's what amazes me. 
When they interviewed Christopher Watson, they said, how could you do this to your wife who's pregnant and your two small children? He said this, listen to this, I'm quoting. If I was thinking, this wouldn't have happened. He's living in the futility of his mind. That's amazing. He says, don't walk like that. Don't, don't, don't walk like the world is living in their futility of the minds that have no, no spiritual life inside of them. They have no spiritual conviction inside of them that they've just given themselves over for all. And I notice that it says with greediness, they always want more and more. Notice what it says here in the passage. This is beautiful. He says here in verse 20, recall what, what it is to come to Christ. But you did not learn Christ in this way. Don't miss this. You did not, what does it say? Learn Christ. It doesn't say accept Christ. It doesn't say learn about Christ. It doesn't say you've learned information about Christ. It says you did not come to Jesus Christ and become a disciple of Jesus Christ and submit your life to him so that you can live like the world. In fact, here's what he's going to say. He's going to say, when you learn Christ, when someone accepts Christ, you know what happens? The first thing, notice this, salvation begins with repentance, which is a change of what? Mind. All of a sudden, when someone comes to Christ, and now the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of that person, now there is spiritual life. Now there is spiritual conviction. Now we do have restraints in our lives. Now we do have the Word of God working in our hearts and minds. Now it is different. Now we don't pursue the things that the world pursues. Now our lives are changed because we are no longer our own lords. We have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, you didn't learn Christ that way. It's very emphatic. You became a disciple of Christ differently. You submitted to Christ. Oh, if you did, look at the next verse. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. <laughs> He's kind of like, he comes up, he goes, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. They're living this way in the downward spiral and the futility of their minds and all that, but you are different. Uh, if, wait a minute, you are really different. Because some people say, oh, I know him. Oh, I learned about him. What a great class in Sunday school. And I learned about him here and I learned about him there. Well, learning about him doesn't do anything until we accept him and submit to him. He is Lord. People say, yeah, I learned this and I learned that. He says, nah, -uh. He says, if indeed you've heard him, been taught by him, just as the truth is in Jesus. Notice this here. What someone said, if, if we know Christ, anything about Christ, we have no excuse but to live differently. But somebody says, how? I'm trapped. I'm, I'm trying to live differently, but I just keep going back into those old habits. How do I do it? How, how do I get out of these, these old things that don't please God? How do I do it? Give me some steps, Jeremy. Do something. Paul says, thank you for asking. I'm going to give you a couple of steps here on how you do it. 
Notice this here in verses 22 to 24. Very important. How, how can we change our life? How can these lives be changed by the Holy Spirit? What do we need to do? What is our responsibility? Notice this here in replacing our old habits with Christ-likeness. Notice this in verse 22. That in reference to your former manner of life. Now let's stop there for a moment. Because we're all different. And we all had different struggles. And we need to be careful about making your former manner of life the same as somebody else's former manner of life. They're different. You went for comfort and control to something else that someone else went to wanted comfort in something or it was controlled by something else. Not everyone was a drug addict. There were some. Not everyone was an adulterer. There were some. Not everyone were liars. There were some. Not everyone were lazy. There were some. Not everyone stole. But there were some. Not everyone lived in bitterness. But there were some. And so our former manner of life, all the things that we can put in verses 17 to 19, the futility of the mind, living without this purpose, living for the wrong values, being controlled by the wrong things, those are our former manner of life. And let me tell you what's difficult about that. In this passage, the old self, they call it, or we call, some people call it the old man. Some believe as soon as you get saved, that's done. No, it's not. We still struggle with the old man. As one person put it, two natures are in our breast. One is foul, the other is blessed. One I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. They're there. It's there. It doesn't automatically happen. The moment we get saved, it's gone. Oh, praise God. My own life. All of a sudden now everything. No, no. We fight it. And let me tell you how we fight it. Look at verse 22. It is two truths about the old man. It is destructive. Notice what it says. Being corrupted. The old man will, will it destroy us. It is destructive. And, and here's the exciting thing about the old man. The old man, when it says being corrupted, means that its future is not going to be here much longer. Because when we're in heaven, goodbye, old man. <laughs> but it'll lead us down paths that will destroy us. And you want to know something about the former manner of life? Notice this also. It's not only destructive, it is deceptive. Notice here, the lust of deceit. It will promise things, but never come through. I could just imagine Christopher Watts thinking, you know what, I could kill my family, kill my kids, and go live with that girl that I'm forming a relationship with and have my own life. That's what the old man, that's what the fallen nature will tell somebody. Go and do that. This is what's going to happen. Not, never comes through. It's deceitful. Promises things, but never comes through on the promise. The old man will tell you, go ahead and lie. You'll get out of this situation. Go ahead and cheat on your, your spouse. Don't worry, you'll be satisfied. Never talks about the consequences. Not once. Deceitful. Makes promises, but never comes through. Oh, you'll be okay. Just your cholesterol's high. Don't worry, have another rocky road. 
Eat it up. Eat it up. Have another Big Mac. Don't worry. Your days are numbered anyway. God's going to take in his time. Go ahead and eat it. And you go to the doctor and you say, Doc, I don't know why my cholesterol is now 400. It was only 200 last week. How many Big Macs did you have this week? Well, we don't want to talk about that. Deceitful. Promises things never comes through on its promise. And yet, it says here, what are we supposed to do with the old man? Lay it aside. Fight it. Put it off. You say, how do I do that? Because people stop there. They say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my life. I'm gonna, no more Big Mac. No more Big Mac. No more Big Mac. No more Big Mac. No more. And all it is about what they don't do. No more this. No more that. 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 And it's not that. If it was just that, he would have stopped at verse 22. But we missed verse 23. 23 is the key. Notice this here. That you be what? Renewed. Where? In the spirit of your mind. There needs to be a constant renewal. This is present tense in the Greek. This is a constant thing. We need to expose ourselves, are you ready for this? To the Word of God. And we need to allow the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, to take the Word of God and to change our thoughts, to change our mind, to change our bent, to be thinking what God would want us to do. Notice what one guy said here. The renewal of the mind occurs as we read and meditate on the Word of God, allowing it to shape our thought and behavior. You want to be convicted about some of the old sins in your life? Read the Word of God. You want to be convicted about some of the things in your old life? Come to church and hear the expository preaching of the Word of God. If you don't want to hear that, file the Bible away. Stay away from it. People don't want conviction. We don't want that. But yet, as we expose ourselves to the Word of God, there's so many different ways now. We, in, in the world we live in now, there's so many ways. We, we have Bible apps that read the Bible to us. We don't even have to read the Bible. We can have the Bible read to us. It, it's unbelievable. We got sermon audio. We can listen to sermons. We got Christian books coming out everywhere. We can go to Christian books and read about the Bible. There's just thousands of things we can do. But yet, we pick up the daily crouton. You guys have the daily crouton? We read a story about how Jed went to the store and he forgot his wallet and he came back and he remembered his wallet and it tells you, remember your wallet today or something like that. And we're like, wow, that's great. And how is that renewing our minds? Now, you can read the Daily Crouton. That's okay. And you say, well, he doesn't understand. I read the Daily Crouton and I read the Scriptures with the Daily Crouton. That's good. But most don't. They pick it up and read a little story about Jed and that's their devotions for the day. That's not going to renew our minds. We need exposure to the Word of God and we need a lot of exposure to the Word of God. A lot of it. And as we are exposing our minds to the Word of God, it is amazing how the Holy Spirit takes that and changes our minds to think like God would have us think. When we are tempted to lie, all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit's bringing it in our minds and He's saying, no, 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 tell the truth. When we're tempted to live in bitterness and say, you know what, I, I live in bitterness and all that. No, the Holy Spirit is starting to work and say, no, you need to forgive. 
as we expose ourselves to the very word of God. He changes the mind. And you say, well, then, then what else do I need to do? Well, well, he's saying to lay off those old habits. You fight those old habits, the battle out of there. You're renewing your mind. And notice in verse 24, it says what? Put on the new self. You say, what is the new self? Well, that's the, the one that's created in the likeness of God. And the old cliche, and they, they, they killed this with all these bracelets out there. But really, this is true. What would Jesus do? That's the new self. When we, are, when we are tempted to do something that the Bible says not to do, we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Let me tell you on the new self what it's going to be here when Jesus living in us. The new self, it won't deceive you. It says right here, the new self is created in righteousness. It will always tell you to do what is right. It's always, we are to do what is right. And the new self won't destroy you. It leads to holiness. We'll start living for God more as we're doing these things that God wants us to do. Let me give you an example how this works out. I got saved at 20. I've been saying the F word since I'm three or two years old. One of my words that I think I... I don't know how I learned it. I won't blame it on my mother because she's watching. I'll get a spanking. But anyway, I learned it somehow. She said I used to embarrass her. We'd go in the shopping places and I would tell people, I would curse at them. And while I was sitting in the shopping cart, I'd say, how you doing, bleepity bleep, or whatever I would say to them. <laughs> I get saved and I'm bleeping the storm up. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? I got to do something about my mouth. So I said, I'm going to change every F word and every word that I say bad with the words womp womp. That was going on. How you doing, womp womp? Ready to go out, womp? And somebody came up to me, very gracious, young lady of uh, love the Lord. She said, Jeremy, you know what? You're still cursing. Every womp womp you say, you're thinking about that curse word. We're thinking about that curse word. Your womp womps are the same as curse words. Ugh. Now how do I talk, Lord? It's not only saying goodbye to the behavior. It is a renewal of mind that comes by the Holy Spirit and exposure to the word of God. And it is speaking things that will honor God. When does a liar stop being a liar? Not when he stops lying. When he starts telling the truth. When does a bum who doesn't want to work and support his family stop becoming that? When they get a job and they start supporting and giving to others. When does a person who lives in bitterness and can't forgive anyone stop being a bitter person? When that person learns how to forgive. It is not just about getting rid of behavior. It's about having our minds exposed and changed by the word of God. And it's by putting on behavior that pleases and honors our God. That's when habits die. I haven't said womp womp in a long time. Till now. I was thinking about this 
And you don't know the word I'm thinking about either. I'm thankful to the Lord. Doesn't mean I'm going to heaven because of that. I'm going to heaven the moment I got saved. But there is a battle inside of me that is tremendous. And those old habits come back even 20, 20 something years later. And then I find myself doing them for a while and I'm like, well, I like this. This is where I got my comfort before Christ. These are the things that controlled me before Christ. And then you go to the Word of God and all of a sudden you're exposed to the Word of God and He starts to renew your mind. And all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, no. What would Jesus do? Because the new man is created in the likeness of God. The new man is created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. The new man is going to reflect Jesus Christ. The new man is different. We haven't learned Christ just to live like we were living. We learn Christ to be different. So we don't look at the world around us to get our values, our purpose in life. We no longer walk like that. We walk like Christians, like disciples of Jesus Christ, because he is in our lives now. The battle is going to be there every day of our lives to put on that old clothing. Think about that the next time you put on that shirt. You still haven't washed. It will shrink. It will shrink. Oh, yeah, I hear that one too. That war, that's me. And remember to replace it with Christ-likeness in our lives. We're going to talk more about this next week, Lord willing, on how to replace different areas of our lives with things that honor God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, it's so easy to focus on the things that we need to change and try to battle those things and live our lives just trying to put off. But yet it's so much more. You want us to renew the spirit of our minds and that comes to exposure of your word. We need your word because as we read your word, as we hear your word, as we meditate upon your word, the Holy Spirit changes our minds, our attitudes, the bent to go backwards. And then, Lord, we need your grace and mercy and help as we put on the new man and we live that Christ-likeness out each day of our lives. So when we're tempted to go back to the things that brought us comfort and, and controlled us, Lord, I pray that you would help us to renew our minds and to live out the things that please you and allow Christ to control us and allow Christ to comfort us. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.